Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Father, we thank you for this time together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it changes us and you, you train us and you correct us and you direct us with your word and we're so thankful for it. We ask Holy Spirit, you give us eyes to see and ears to hear in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Awesome. So you may be seated. We're talking about prayer. The last few weeks we've been talking about prayer. Uh, two weeks ago, we covered uh, in part one uh, a message called, Lord, teach us to pray. And it was really all around the Lord's Prayer that God has given us. Jesus gave us a, a formula on how to pray and what, how to break that down. If you haven't seen it, uh, that's online. Uh, last week, we covered steadfast prayer. And it's really about understanding having the right foundation of who you are in Christ and knowing the unconditional love of God. To understand that God loves you unconditionally, that He has, his, he has a, 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 a love for you. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And you have to have that foundation because this week we're going to be talking about effective prayer. God wants our prayer to be effective. He wants it to, to bring change. And, 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 and it's very, very important because when God brings correction, okay, uh, it can be interpreted as rejection. Unless we have that foundation of God's love and His care for us, when He brings correction, we'll feel like we've been rejected. But see, God brings correction to bring direction. Amen? He doesn't bring correction to bring rejection. He's there to lift us up and say, I, I want to help you get to where you're going. Amen? And, and so many times in the church, if we don't know the love of God, if we don't, if we don't realize that, that uh, you know, we are joint heirs with Christ and we're seated with Him in heavenly places and He loves us with an unconditional love, if we don't know that, then we're going we're gonna to deal with some rejection when God says, you need to straighten out. How many hear what I'm saying? Okay? And so this morning I want to start in James chapter 5, verse 16, and we're going to start there. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. This whole context of prayer, as you're reading through the chapter 5, you'll see that it's all about healing, emotional healing, physical health, spiritual healing, right? God, God wants the church to be healed. Say healed. He wants us to be whole, and it's all about relationship. It says here, uh, the, the, the uh, effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, all right? The word effective is actually the Greek word energio, energio, uh, and it actually means to work, to be at work. You know, your prayer is working on your behalf. There's a pushing forth that happens when we pray, okay? And the English verb to energize comes out of that Greek word. And so when we're talking about, when we're talking about effective, fervent prayer, we're talking about uh, prayer that brings energy, that brings change, that transforms, Okay. And it's speaking about acting and operating of power and the results that it brings. How many know the Holy Spirit wants to release the energy of God to bring transformation in our generation? And it happens through prayer. And so the Bible says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And here's the good news is if you're born again, the Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's not good news. And so we, we can be effective, we can push and do work in the Spirit when we know that we're righteous before God, all right? Now, first things first, okay, we understand we're right before God. 
But James says that confession of our trespasses is very important. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And this is so important that God is always about fixing broken relationships, right? How many know there can be broken relationships in your family? Some of you have experienced or are experiencing them. There can be broken relationships in the churches. And the enemy loves that. He brings, but God is so concerned about healing relationships. And we see here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24, be intentional about, and let's, okay, here it is. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come or offer your gift, okay? Now, the word trespass in this passage of Scripture is actually, is actually an interesting word. It means a, a side slip, even an unintentional error or a willful transgression. So it can be unintentional. How many know that sometimes we hurt people unintentionally? A few weeks ago, I had a conversation with someone, and a few weeks ago, and then th this week, I got a phone call. Why did you say that you hurt me? And I'm like, Oh, I didn't mean to hurt you. W would you forgive me? This is what I meant. And they forgave me, and then, you know, we smiled and prayed and went on. How many know it was a good thing that they called me, right? Because the enemy wants to come, and sometimes we unintentionally hurt people. Sometimes it's intentional. But God cares about relationship. And so if you feel that someone's got something against you, be the stronger one and go to them and say, hey, listen, do you have something against me? Because I want to offer my gift to the Lord. But the Lord cares about our relationship. You see that? Relationships are so important to God that there's healing in our relationships. If we're not operating in mercy and grace, our prayers are hindered. And the kingdom of Satan knows that and will try to sow strife and discord into relationships. You know, it's incredible. I mean, how many fights have we had on the way to church? I'll be honest, right? How many arguments, you know? Because the enemy, you know, it's just, you know, you're on your way to church, and, and yeah, she wins. you got to let her win. Or That's why we have two services, one for the husband, one for the wife. Two vehicles, yeah. I, I always tell people, two vehicles saved my marriage. But uh, I actually had a pastor, and it was kind of God was moving, and there was revival happening in his church. And I said, what? How come you have revival happening in your church? He said, well, me and my wife made a decision. We don't talk on Saturday. So God will move on Sunday, right? Now, I don't think that's the answer. I mean, yeah, we want God to move, so let's stay away from me, right? So we don't argue. But Satan always wants to sow strife. Because if he can bring division between us, then he can affect the presence of God in our midst. And I've seen it. You guys, have, some of you have seen that, where moves of God have been shut down. God's been shut down because division comes in. Strife comes in. And God says, listen, go make it right. Clean up the mess, right? And so today I want to talk about, you know, show you 10 things that will hinder your prayer life. I'm probably just going to cover eight of them today. But before we do that, I want to go to 1 Kings. We're going to go to 1 Kings uh, chapter 18, verse 1, because I think there's a few principles here on prayer that I really think we should bring out. So 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1, it came to pass that after many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. In the third year, go present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the earth. 
The word and the will of God was made known to Elijah. I mean, there hadn't been rain for three years. That's How many know you're in trouble? There, there was a complete drought in the land, and God had to provide for Elijah. It was, it was a dark time for them. But the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, go present yourself, I'm sending rain. I'm here to tell you that God will reveal his word to you. Through the word of God, as you're reading the scripture, God will speak to your heart, and you'll say, this is for me. Sometimes you'll receive a prophetic word. You know, we've had Charlie Sweet, we've had Gary Hayes, we have different people come in, and they've prophesied, and you hear the word of the Lord. You hear, yes, that, that, that bears witness with my spirit. I know that God wants to do this in my life. God spoke to me that my kids will serve God, but they're still backslidden. God spoke to me that I just really felt that God was going to heal our marriage, but our marriage is still broken. I really felt that we were going to get out of debt, and we, we do good financially, but we're still struggling. But, but, but I, I don't understand it because God spoke. How many hear me? And, and so the, Lord, the will of God was made known. But let's go to chapter 18, verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance, a rain. He could hear, Elijah could hear in the spirit realm that there was a sound of an abundance of rain. Oh, God's about to fulfill what he said he was going to do. I'm here to tell you, you can hear in the spirit the timings of the Lord. That sometimes the word of God has come to your spirit and then you just know this is the year. This is the timing of the Lord. And I believe this is the timing of the Lord in 2022 where we're going to see backsliders come home to Christ. I can hear it. I can hear their footsteps. I can hear them coming. They're going to return to the Lord. This is the year that God has promised, and I believe the timing is now. For some of you, you just feel, this is the year that my marriage is going to come. I'm going to strengthen that, or I'm going to deal with rejection, or I'm going to deal with this or that. God has spoken to you about something, and you have to hear the timing of it. But look what he says here. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and then he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And so what he did was he went into a time of prayer. And this whole, this whole idea of, is symbolic of getting down, putting your head between your knees. Some of us can't do that anymore. But <laughs> getting down, amen, those COVID pounds. But it's a, for, it's a form of like that birthing position, and he went into prayer and travail. And the reason why he did that is because Elijah understood this principle. He understood that he was partnering with God to bring forth God's will in the earth. I'm here to tell you that God has spoken to so many Christians, and we wait, and 10 years goes by, and 15 years goes. And I don't know why God's not answering. It's because God is asking you to birth it in the realm. Take what is in the realm of the Spirit and birth His will on earth through your prayer. See, God tells you what he's about to do so that you can pray it into existence. And I'm here to say, like, there's so many. Every one of us, we're here because somebody prayed for us. God doesn't do anything on the earth unless he partners with his people to pray. That's what he says in 2 Chronicles. Humble yourself and pray, right? And so every revival that's been birthed is because people got together and they prayed and they sought God and they took God's will from the heavenly realm and brought it to the earth realm. And so we say, I don't understand. God said my kid would serve God and my son is backslidden today and now he's claiming to be an atheist, but I don't understand. God spoke to me. Listen, birth the will of God in prayer. Travail. And you know that word earnest means to work 
It means to push back. It means to energize. You can do work in prayer. You can push. How many know when you go into labor, it's a lot of work? The men, we don't understand, but women, and I thank, thank God I'll never understand. I was stressed out just watching her four times go through birth. I mean, it was like, I was exhausted. <laughs> like, it was stressful. I couldn't imagine being on the other end of this thing, right? But how many, it was work. You had to push forth, and, 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 and that's what it represents. Sometimes we have to pray and, and, and pray and push, which stands for push, pray until something happens. There has to be a travail. There has to be a praying until something happens. Amen? A birthing forth of God's will. And, you know, I remember when I was in Bible school uh, doing evangelism, and I've told this story before. You get to hear it again. And, uh, you know, I was doing evangelism with a group of people, and we'd go out, and we were giving out these tracts that say God's promises. And they said, would you like to know God's promises? And they're like, no way. They'd throw it on the ground, or they would say, keep your religion to yourself. And it just seemed like it was negative, negative responses. The odd person would take it to be kind. But I, I was so frustrated one night. I said, God, why aren't people receiving the gospel? And God said, you know, you need to spend more time praying. Pray specifically for the people you're about to come in contact before you go out. Pray for them. And so I said, all right. So I started praying. One night I got on my knees and I started praying. I said, Lord, would you touch the lives of the people I'm about to meet? Would you soften their hearts? Would you push back the enemy's blinders? Began to pray. And about five minutes into the prayer, the heart of God, it's like I felt his emotions of compassion for the people I was about to meet. And I started to weep and cry. And I was sobbing so bad, I, I was having a hard time catching my breath. I was, you know, and, uh, and I prayed, and I prayed, and, and I don't know, 20 minutes went by, and I was finished praying, and I felt this emotion lift. It was God's love and compassion. And I went out that night with the team, and it was completely different. Would you like to know God's promises? Sure, yeah, yeah, let me, I'll read that. Yeah, thank you. Tell, tell, and I was sharing my testimony, and people were coming back and listening. Hey, let, let me get my friend, you know. Things shifted in the realm of the Spirit, and an atmosphere was created because I took the time to say, God, birth this thing through me. That's how effective our prayer can be. Amen? It, it's energized by the Spirit of God. But if we don't take care of the things that hinder our prayer, then, we, you know, we wonder why God's not answering. All right? So Elijah understood that he was partnering with God to birth God's will in the earth. And I'm here to tell you today that God is partnering with you and me to birth the will of God in the earth. We can do it. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So we're going we're gonna to look at a couple more scriptures here. So things that can hinder our prayer. Number one, unbelief and doubt. Now, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. This, this is important because a lot of people believe God exists, but they don't believe that God wants to reward those who diligently seek him. See, God is a rewarder. And sometimes they take on the, uh, this idea that, you know, God wants to, me to suffer and to learn through suffering and go through a tough life. And, you know, he's, he's always, like, grinding me through the wheel. And that. But listen, no, God wants to reward you. 
When you seek him, he wants you to be blessed. He wants the blessing of Abraham to be upon your life. He wants the world to look and say, why are you so blessed? And you say, because of my God. Amen? God wants to reward us, and we have to believe it. Do you believe that God wants you healed? Do you believe that God wants your kids to serve God? Do you believe that God wants your marriage healed? Do you believe it? Because he wants to reward us today. All right? You know, here is such an, uh, we were living in Kingston, and um, we, we had this, uh, this little church just outside of Kingston in a small town. We drove by it, my wife and I. It said, revival service tonight. There was a preacher from Tulsa, Oklahoma that was going to be there preaching on faith. So my wife and I decided to go, and, and, and the story was I was looking for a job for months, couldn't find a job in Kingston, and uh, just uh, uh, we, we couldn't pay our mortgage, and my last boss ripped me off two weeks of pay, so he, he didn't give me my last paycheck. And so, uh, so we went to this service. So this, this old guy got up to, to, to preach, and have you ever seen, you, you know, you listen to someone talk, and you think to yourself, they really, really know God. You just get this sense because of how they're coming across and this old guy was, was just talking about his prayer life with the Lord and how God speaks to him, and he, he was talking about faith. He said, I was in prayer this morning, and God told me, he said, son, he said, tonight make an altar call and tell the people that I will answer two prayer requests per person for those who will respond to the altar. I'm going to answer those prayers within a 24-hour period of time. Now, when I heard that, the first thing you think of is, okay, charlatan, he's going to take up a big offering. You know, this, there's something going on here. So, because uh, it's like, who puts a time on it, right? But he told, he, this is what he said, and so we said, well, we've got nothing to lose. So, I went up to the front, and I stood at the front with this group of people, and he said, begin to ask God for those two things. And it can't be just wants. It has to be things that you need from the Lord. So, I went up there, and I, and I said, okay, Lord, within 24 hours, okay. I want that money that was ripped off from my last boss because I've already forgiven him. And, Lord, I want uh, I need a job. And, and so that was it. We went home. The next day, the doorbell rings. There's a businessman standing at my door, and he says, I'm a Christian businessman in town, and um, God spoke to me last night about you. And he said, do you need a job? I'm like, yeah, I need a job. He goes, uh, you know, how much are you willing to work for him? I gave him the rate of what I was making at my last job, and he gave me the same pay rate, which was awesome. And I'm like, God, that was within 24 hours. And I'm like, I'm in shock. I'm thinking Twilight Zone. I'm like this. I'm just like, what's going on? And, and so he's about to leave, and he turns to go, oh, one more thing the Lord spoke to me about. He goes, I'm supposed to give you something. And he opened his checkbook, and he wrote me a check. He said, this is just to bless you. And he gave it to me. And it was the exact amount that my boss had ripped me off. Amen? But, but this is the thing. Like, God, God, God actually answered. He heard the Father say, I'm going to do this. He stepped out in faith. I kind of believed it, and it came to pass. And, and this is what it is. Like, do you believe that God wants to reward you? When you pray, do you believe that God is going to do it? You know, he actually, this one preacher, this the same guy that night, I remember his story. I'll never forget it. And he said uh, it was in Tennessee or some dry place in the south. He said uh, there, was a, there was a, back in the 50s, I believe it was in the 50s, late 40s, 50s, there was um, a drought in the land. And so they, they, the farmers were all concerned about their crop. Are we going to have a crop this year? There's, it hasn't rained in six months, and they're all panicking. So the, the pastor said, 
all the churches, let's get together. We're going to go to the, the, this certain farm field. We're going to pray that it will rain. And so they all got together, and they gathered, and they came into the farm field. And this one little lady got out of her car, and she came over with an umbrella. And everyone looked at her and said, why in the world would you have an umbrella? It hasn't rained for six months. She goes, because we're here to pray for rain. <laughs> right? But she had this, listen, I'm here because I believe God's going to answer my prayer. That's what faith is. You know, I'm coming expecting, and so that's a powerful story. And so unbelief and doubt can hinder our prayer, number one. Number two, pride and selfishness. If you're only praying for the things that you want for the wrong reasons and for your own pleasures, sometimes those prayers are unanswered. Amen? Number three, number three disobedience. If you're in disobedience to God, um, sometimes God won't answer your prayer. You've kind of closed that door. You know, I met, there was a time when I was uh, living in an hour away from a small town. God kept having me travel back and forth to, to talk to somebody. And every time I got there, I'd turn around and say, no, nah, I changed my mind, Lord. I'd go back home. I, I burnt a lot of gas. I think I went six or seven times back and forth. And what it was was before I was saved, I got jumped in a street fight. The gang leader and I were fighting, were, were duking it out, and I kind of was winning the fight. And then all his guys jumped in, his gang. And I got knifed. My ear, my ear was lobe was hanging off. They cut my earlobe with it. They knifed me, and they, they jumped on me. And then my friend, brave friend, cried out, the cops are coming, and then everyone dispersed. I'm like, where's my friends? They're all hiding behind the bushes. Um, so then two years later, I became a Christian. But when that happened, I made a covenant. I said, I'm going to become a good fighter. I got a personal trainer from China to learn Kung Fu. I was training. I was like, I'm going to meet this guy. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to destroy him. And this is my passion in life. I'm going to find this guy. I couldn't find him until I got saved. I gave my heart to Christ, and then all of a sudden I'm walking through the mall, and there's this guy at a hot dog stand with a stupid chef hat. And I see him, and I'm like, oh, like, I spent four years training to beat this guy up, and I, Lord, would you let me please? I don't want to waste all that time I worked on. And, I, and, and God began to show me that I had to deal with my heart. And he said, I want you to go talk to him, tell him you forgive him, tell him that, you know, you love him in the Lord and that, you're not holding it. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Are you kidding? What happened to my four years of training? This, this is really not going to do, do well. So, um, so, yeah, so I resisted that. So I drove back and forth an hour away to the small town six times. And every time I got, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. Finally, I got there, and I turned around and drive back. And the thing is, every time I drove down there, the guy was working. I thought, he's not going to be there, and then I can just say, sorry, Lord. But he was always there. It's stupid how it happened. But then what happened was finally, you know, the Bible says, come and let us reason together, right? So I said, Lord, your word says, come and let us reason together. I'll tell you what, let's make a deal. Let's cut a deal. I will go down the next time, and I will write a letter and tell him everything you want me to tell him, and I'll just give it to him. And I felt peace about that. So then I did that. I drove down. I said, hey, do you remember me? And he goes, no, I've never seen you before in my life. And I said, really? And I gave him his name and told him how I remembered him. And he was starting to shake, all right, because he knew I was after him. That's why he was hiding. And so anyway, I gave him the letter. I said, I, I forgive you, and read the letter. And he said, oh, okay. And that was it. It was done. But then suddenly it was like the peace of God returned. This was going on for like three months. 
I was like fighting with God, fighting with God, fighting with God. And, you know, it's maybe God's asking you, you know, to talk to a person or forgive a loved one or, you know, uh, you know, bring a pie to your neighbor, whatever it is, and you resist and you say, no, 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 no. But then your prayers get hindered because you're in disobedience to God. Amen? Now, remember, not God's coming to bring correction to direct you, not to reject you. So don't let fear, guilt, and shame come on. But this is what I had to learn not to be disobedient to the Lord. Okay? Next one, another thing that will hinder your prayer, family discord and strife. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is still your equal partner in God's gift of life, okay? Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. So as a husband, if we're not treating our wives right, then, then it's like our prayers are hindered. Do you know what I'm saying? So we need to learn to, 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 to work on our relationships, take marriage counseling, whatever it takes. Because I'm a preacher. I get up here, and I'm dependent on the presence of God and the anointing of God. So it's like, okay, honey, let's go take counseling. Because I don't want to preach alone. Seriously. There's times in my marriage where I got up, and I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm talking, and there's no, like, presence of God, and it's very hard. I feel like my words are hitting a wall, and God is saying, well, you're arguing with your wife all the time. I'm not hanging out with you until you fix that. Okay, honey, we'll take counseling. Do you hear what I'm saying? And let's be real. So, so we took some counseling. We dealt with the strife in our marriage a bit. And, and that's what we have to do. We have to learn to deal with family discord because we shut the heavens. And that word actually hindered means to put a roadblock in your prayer life. So it's not that God doesn't care and love me as much, but it's like I've put a roadblock there by not dealing with healing in my relationships. See how important this stuff is. And so I can get up here and just give you a really nice, feel-good message and say, you know, every time you pray, God's going to answer you. Yes, but if you're violating spiritual principles, you're, you're just wasting your time. Right? Anyway. Right, right, because I don't want you guys to waste your time. I really don't. That's why we do stuff like Highway to Wholeness, and we let's deal with our stuff. Let's talk about our issues so that we can clear the table and have a direct line to God with no static. Right? It's so, so important. So the next one is, uh, is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a big one. Amen? Unforgiveness is a big one because you know what? The kingdom of heaven and everything Jesus did is about forgiveness. Like, the God of the universe, through His Son, hangs on a cross and says, Father, forgive them, for no, they know not what they do. And so, He forgives me of all my sins, but then somebody hurts me. I'm like, I'm not going to forgive them. That shuts the doorway to heaven's blessings because that's the culture of heaven, forgiveness. We have to forgive, right? And so, here's just a couple verses. You know, uh, in the Lord's Prayer, actually, it ends. Uh, so, if you forgive the failures of others, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive your failures. That's kind of scary, right? We want forgiveness. We want grace and mercy, but we're operating in the law of retribution. We're, we're holding people, right? And then um, Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Say anyone that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. 
But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your trespasses. And so he, this, is, this is crazy. It's like if you refuse to forgive, God is handcuffed and not able to forgive you. And so we have to say, God, I need your grace and mercy to forgive and to care and love other people to keep the, keep the lines of communication. Isn't that awesome that God reveals that to us? And the, la- the last one I want to cover today is, um, is unconfessed sin. If we have unconfessed sin in our hearts and in our lives, we're sinning consciously and not dealing with it, that'll block up your prayer life. In Psalm 66, verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I hold on to it, the Lord will not hear me, the psalmist says. Okay? Isaiah 59, verse 2, because of your sin, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquity has separated you from your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. He will not, cannot hear. So I'm not talking about, you know, sins like when you slip up and you come to the Lord and ask. If you're willfully living in sin and not dealing with it, your prayers are, are not getting through. God will not hear. And so that's why it's so important as believer that we confess our sins to the Lord and we ask him to purify us. And then the last one, number eight, is when we're not in God's will, when God wants us to go in a certain direction and we decide to go in a a different direction. Amen? Why don't we stand together? Father, I thank you, Lord, that uh, you reveal your truth to us in your word. And you don't, you don't correct us to reject us, but you correct us to direct us. And you, you lift us up and you smile and you say, come on, go in this direction. Deal with this in your life. And so, Father, I just ask, God, if you've spoken to any one of us here today, God, that we will be obedient to deal with those issues in our lives. Because, Lord, you, you have called us to partner with you in prayer. You've spoken to our hearts. And, God, I pray if there's any hope deferred in people's hearts, that they've received a promise that they've not seen fulfilled, God, I pray that that would be resurrected in them, God. Begin to see again that, listen, God's will is still this, and this time I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to push. I'm going to work at it. I'm going to pray until something happens, because God, your word says, keep asking, keep knocking, keep pressing in. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that we're going to see the will of God birthed in our families, in our marriages, in our homes, and in our families. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.